This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about running a customer-centered business. There's lots of lip service given to the idea of building your business around the needs of your customers. Plenty of books have been written on the subject and there seems to be no end to the paid seminars that business owners are invited to attend to learn the secrets. Having spent three decades in specialty retailing, I'm probably the biggest critic you'll ever meet when it comes to spotting management failures related to customer focus. So I went looking for an industry where a customer-centered approach is, as you might say, baked into the culture. And that is not, incidentally, the hospitality business. Not that you can't have a bad experience in a hotel or a restaurant. Not everyone follows the examples of the best, but I found an expert in an industry veteran who knows just what it takes. My name's Tony Skaka. I own the First and Last Tavern in Middletown, Connecticut. I started in this business back in 1968, and working as a dishwasher, as a busboy, then moved up as a cook, went away to culinary school up in Hyde Park, New York, uh, was trained as a chef. For nine years after I graduated culinary school, I had worked in different positions as an executive chef, then got into management and became a general manager in the industry, and then eventually decided to uh, go with corporate chain and work for Outback Steakhouse for 19 years as a managing partner, and then uh, decided to get out of that and finish up my career in my own business, which is now the first and last tavern in Middletown. Taking care of a customer is, is the most important thing that you can do because people have many choices today to do whatever they want to do and, and go wherever they want to go, buy whatever they want to buy. So when you're talking about taking care of people, that, that's got to be the top-minded part of any business is making sure that the customer is happy. As far as the restaurant business goes, that's probably the most important part of the business. A lot of times people think if you get great food, you know, you're going to be happy and you're going to be satisfied. Today, and and, and actually in my, my whole career, it's been all about service, depending on where you go and what kind of training programs are in place, which again is very important to be consistent. And uh, unfortunately, some people don't have training programs in place and they just kind of put you on the floor and throw you to the wolves and it does affect your customer service. I think that a lot more people are paying more attention to it now because I think they realize that if you do not give the customers great service, they're gonna, they have choices to go someplace else. So I think in every, every facet of the restaurant business, it, whether it's the mom and pops or whether it's the chain restaurants, I think that becomes now top of mind. With so much education about running customer-centered businesses and so much conscientiousness on the part of even the public about what is expected, I asked Tony if he thought customer service had gotten better or worse over the years. And I wanted to know how he defined good service in his business and how he accomplished it. That's a good question because I've been around for a few years. So I think when I when I look back on it, you, you were kind of flying by the seat of your pants a lot. But you were still taking care of the customer because that was still very important. But I think there's more of a heightened anticipation of making sure that you're taking care of customers more so today because there's a lot more competition today than there was in years gone by. I think the attitude also with owners 
and general managers is more heightened because of, again, because of the competition that you have today. I, again, I, like I say, there's more of a penchant for making sure that everybody's on the top of their game every day. You know, whenever you go into a restaurant, you can see that whether it's a general manager or you have somebody running the dining room floor, or even if you go back into the kitchen with the chefs and the cooks, there's there's more of a paying attention to making sure food goes out on time, making sure everyone's doing their job correctly. Every customer that comes in, we try and make them feel like this is a, their family house. They get the best experience. So we visit every table, we talk to the customers, so we like to make them feel relaxed and at ease. We temper the style of service to what they want. So it's not how we want to serve it, it's how they want it, whether they want a relaxing night out, whether they need to get their food in a hurry because they're going to a movie or a show. So that's how we do it. And it, it also means that each customer leaves here 100% happy and making sure that they're going to come back. You have to set up a training program. When I say a program, you have trainers that you pick out and you train them to be the best. So they, they're the ones that are going to give the best customer service. They've proven that customers actually ask for them when they come back. So those you pick out as your trainers, that's the first thing. You also have a program set up so that they have menu abbreviations in case that your computer systems go down, then they know how to handwrite a ticket. They also know how to address customers when they go to a table. They don't go and say, hello guys, how we doing? When it's mixed couples, it's folks, how we doing? So you make, it, make the customers feel welcome. They also have a menu and abbreviation tests. So they have a study guide and then they have a test before they go on the floor. And they usually do anywhere from three to four days training. One day is following. The second day you take one table. The third day you take two tables. And then the fourth day you should be able to take the whole section, which over here we do four table sections. We, can't do, we don't do more than that because you really can't take care of customers when you're giving them six, seven, and eight tables. Bartenders have the same kind of training program. The hosts have pretty much the same program. They all have to know the menu because if a customer calls, asks a question on the phone to a host because they have uh, food allergies. And today, food allergens are huge. I see it every day. And the hosts have to be well informed, the servers have to be informed, the bartenders. Everybody that works here has to be informed. With the back of the house, it's the same thing. They still have to know menus and abbreviations. They have to know recipes, how much goes into it. They also have to realize ticket times, which means they have to look at a ticket and they have to know that entrees have to go out in 15 to 18 minutes. If they hit 20 minutes, then they're, they're, you're going to affect the customer service. You know, by the same token, they also have to know that you can't send something out in five or six minutes because, again, you haven't given the customer a chance whether to have a salad or their appetizer or to sit and relax. When you're in this business, every month, every year, you're going to have situations that arise, whether because someone wasn't here, somebody's not paying attention. I can give you the most recent one, which was about a week ago here in this restaurant. And I always talk about customer service. And I was not here on a Saturday night, which is unusual. But I had two servers taking care of a party of 15. They did not do a good job whatsoever. The customer called and complained. They also made mistakes when they gave them the bill, you know, because you're putting it on a charge card and it happened to be a debit card and they put the wrong amount in and the banks automatically freeze that for three working days. So very, very, very bad. I had three phone calls that I had to make. And the last phone call I made, I spoke to the gentleman 
they were like so excited to get together and come here for dinner because they know First and Last Tavern's known for quality food and service. And they were just totally disappointed in the service. The food was excellent. And I know I've spoken about this before. Great food cannot make up for mediocre service. And unfortunately, the truer words were not spoken. When I spoke to the gentleman, I offered for them to all come back in and have dinner on me. He was thrilled, number one, that I even called him back because a lot of people, I think, are afraid to call someone back and hear how badly things went uh, as far as their service goes or their experience at your restaurant. And he was more than, more than pleased that I called him back and extremely surprised that I would offer to have 15 people come back and have dinner on me. Experience may be the best teacher, but I was sure Tony had some good preparation for delivering what customers expect. That goes back to my early days in the restaurant business. And I worked at a, it was like a friendlies, but it was called a post writer shop. You know, we had sandwiches, we had entrees, but it was an ice cream shop also. There were three owners there that owned it. They owned two restaurants and they were very, very particular about customer service back then. And they had a great training program and we they, you know, sat everyone down, everyone had to take tests and everything. So they were kind of ahead of their time. And then moving on from there, I, probably the best experience was with the Outback Steakhouse. Uh, the service and the training and the follow-up service and training that they provided to managers, managing partners, and to the employees that worked there, both front of house and back of house, was second to none. And as a matter of fact, a lot of other chain restaurants actually spent money copying and learning what they did to take care of the customer to a higher degree. I asked Tony about incidents he had experienced as a consumer where good service had impressed him and if he had any memorable disappointments. Same kind of situation. Uh, actually, was uh, going to a department store. They didn't have so something that I wanted, and I talked to them about it, and they said, well, we can order it for you, we can get it in for you. And I was pretty impressed, because a lot of times people just say, I'm sorry, we don't have that item anymore. But they actually called around to other stores to find the product that I wanted. And I, th I was very impressed with that. In the, in the restaurant business, probably more so because I, I do like to go out and dine. You're always going to get an experience at some point in time where it, it doesn't meet your expectations. In particular, it was a high-end restaurant, and I went in there, and the service was very slow and very laid back. And there was no communication from the server about how we wanted the service or anything like that. And then on top of it, the food I got was, was not quality. And because it wasn't quality, I wasn't happy about it. And when I brought it up to his, his attention, he said, oh, I'm sorry, and walked away. And the manager came over to visit, nothing. And at, at that point, I just said, I'll just write it off. And I'll be honest, I've never gone back there again. Every generation tends to think that the youth of their day is less capable at delivering attentive service. I wondered what observations Tony had about training a multi-generational workforce. You have to understand the people that you're training and you have to understand what's important to them. And you have to adapt, teach them how you want things done, but it also has to be something that they want to do. So when you're training people and you're training different generations, it's always going to be different. I wouldn't say they're less intelligent. If anything, they're maybe even more intelligent because they want answers to everything. So you really have to be on your toes. And it's up to, again, it's up to an owner and a, and a general manager to realize that you have to adopt, not them. I asked Tony what happens when an employee is being unjustly blamed by a customer for a situation and how one goes about empowering employees to address customer dissatisfaction, 
I also wondered about how an owner or manager's own beliefs impact delivery of service. It's a fine line that you have to walk because you have to trust the customer's right. But if, the, if you really think that the customer's being a little overdramatic or that they're being unreasonable, you still have to take the side of the customer. But then you take the, the server aside and explain to them what the customer really wants and what they really needed. And so that they understand going forward that every customer is going to be different. Sometimes you're going to get a customer that maybe is a little bit more overbearing than you would expect. So you try and make the server feel good, make sure that they understand that they're doing their job correctly, but you're going to run into customers that now and then want something a little bit different. So you have, they have to learn how to adapt to customers also. If a customer complains, you have to make sure that you address the situation. You have to make sure that you take care of it. You have to go above and beyond. Because if you don't go above and beyond, you lose. Customers have too many choices out there to go to different places to get quality food and get good service. When there's something that happens that's wrong, or maybe if the customer feels that it's wrong, you still have to make sure you go above and beyond. Otherwise, you lose that customer and they won't come back. We teach all of our employees that if a customer's not happy, first of all, they have to make sure they let a manager know so that the manager goes to the table and talks to the customer. Second of all, they know that they have to do whatever they need to do to make sure that customer is happy. If somebody gets an item that they don't like, the first thing they do is take it away, find out what the customer would like, and get it for them. And most of the time, everybody else at the table is already eating, we will normally comp that meal. And sometimes they'll come up to us and say, everything was great at this table, these people were really, really nice, can we buy them a dessert? So long as they ask, we'll probably 99% of the time say yes. So whether it's buy a glass of wine, because they're regular customers that come in, or whether because they're celebrating a special occasion, servers know that they can ask at any time to, to be able to give something away. First of all, each customer that comes in has to feel valued. When I say valued, they have to feel when they come in, we try and make them feel comfortable. We try and make them feel like they're sitting in their own home and having a dinner so that they're very relaxed. We engage in conversation with them. And it's not just about how was your dinner or how was your day. It could be anything, you know, talk about their kids. It could be talking about the weather. It could be talking about how many times they come into your restaurant. Because you want these customers to feel comfortable. You want them to feel valued so that they will come back to your restaurant. It's got to be in your blood. You've got to really like what you're doing. You've got to believe in what you're doing. And you've got to really like people. I've seen managers that had bad attitudes or would rather complain about somebody rather than try and take care of people. And so that's got to be something that's, when you're in a restaurant business and you're in it for a long time, it's something that you really have a passion for. And you have a passion for dealing with people. Basically, I would say it starts with the people that work for you because they take care of your business, they clean your business, they service your customers. So you start by taking care of them making sure that they have the right tools in their bag to do the job, which means they're properly trained, and make sure that they have great attitudes. You can train anybody to do anything. You cannot train them to smile. You can't train them to be happy. So when I interview people, it's whether they're looking at me in the eyes and having a conversation with me, whether they're smiling, whether they're energetic, that's what I hire. Everything else you can teach. Many thanks to Tony Skaka for explaining how he has built a customer-centered business at his restaurant, First and Last Tavern in Middletown. You can see what's on the menu at firstandlastmiddletown.com. 
Thanks to David Seste, Maria Kumura, and Antony Rijekov for our music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-5. So Tony, what sums up your customer service philosophy? If you don't go above and beyond, you lose.